Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is season two, episode 17. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's community manager, and on today's podcast, Judy, Karen, and Amber provide invaluable advice on how to help kickstart your homeschool journey. Once you've made the decision to start homeschooling, where do you begin? Have you ever wished that someone would just give you a checklist so you could mark off the steps to get your homeschool off the ground? Well, here's your chance. In this episode, we will cover everything from your fear of training to finding the right curriculum. We'll talk through organization, location, and even how to tackle teaching a subject you might lack confidence in, like math. All this and more about how to get started homeschooling. These ladies sure are willing to share practical ideas and encouragement from their years of experience, and they are passionate about helping families get a good start on their homeschool journey. Join me as we turn the page on this topic. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about everything you need to know to start homeschooling. We'll get a little bit involved into sunlight and what you need to know about sunlight, but specifically, this one is sort of a broader topic with all kinds of people starting homeschooling, either because they are choosing to bring their children home for the following year, or they're just starting out in kindergarten, or they've just been allowed this freedom in their life um, to start homeschooling. This is a session that will help us start. I'm Stephanie Rose. I am the community manager at Sunlight Curriculum. I am joined by Judy, Amber, and Karen. I will let them introduce themselves. You may, if you've ever been to a convention before, you may have seen any of these ladies at, on the convention floor. That is what they are known for. There are convention specialists and they often, or I'm sorry, are curriculum specialists. And they are often out there talking to people and giving them encouragement. So it's perfect that they're here today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Judy, why don't you start? Thanks, Steph. So I am a homeschool mom to three kids who actually are all grown now and graduated from college and one in the military and a couple that are married. Um, and we use sunlight for our homeschool curriculum and enjoyed every minute, made a lot of wonderful memories together. Um, and I'm also the um, marketing sales coordinator for Sunlight, so I have a privilege of working um, with Stephanie full-time and enjoyed that, as well as uh, being on the convention floor with some of these ladies. Perfect. Welcome, Amber. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your... Yes, I'm Amber Severance, and I have five children. Three um, have graduated out of my homeschool. I discovered sunlight when my oldest daughter was in pre-K, just before she went into pre-K. So I have been with sunlight, used sunlight on my entire journey, um, dabbled in some other things as well, but um, sunlight has been our main source of homeschool material all of this time. So I have a daughter who just graduated college, one in college, one who's going to start this year, and I have two still at home. And my last little one is going into fifth grade. So I feel like I've got it. So I'm still in the thick of it, but also have um, seen the long-term benefits of homeschooling. And I'm just so grateful to the Lord that we discovered sunlight when we did and have had it as kind of our friend this whole journey. 
Thank you, Amber. And Karen, welcome. Hi. I'm, uh, I'm Karen, and I'm also a retired homeschool mom. All four of my kids have graduated from our homeschool. They were older when we started. They were seventh, third, first, and preschool when we started homeschooling. And I'm very thankful that we stumbled on sunlight at the very beginning. So, um, so that was helpful, and we have loved our journey. And all four of my kids have graduated with sunlight. And two have graduated from college, two are currently in college right now. Perfect. Well, thank you ladies so much. Let's dive in. I think that the first question that we probably need to answer is if you're considering homeschool, let's say you haven't decided that you're ready to do it yet. What are some good reasons for choosing to homeschool? Well, there certainly are. <laughs> yeah. Karen, why don't I, I was thinking about this, Karen, just because you pulled your kids out of public school, why don't you start this one? Yeah, we, I had never intended to homeschool. I thought it was a great idea. I had lots of friends who did it and, but I knew that I couldn't do it. Just, I, I don't have teaching background or anything. Um, but it's amazing what you'll do if your kids need it. I had a daughter who was struggling in school and, um, coming home every day, just crying and, you know, I'm, I'm stupid, I can't do this. And I realized she just needed somebody who could slow down the pace or explain it as many different ways as it took. So a child struggling in school is definitely, I think, a reason for bringing a kid home. And I, I know talking to people on the floor, you know, some people are concerned about what's being taught in school, in the public school. I've heard parents, like if their kids are dealing with bullying, in school, which, you know, honestly, when I was in public school, that was me. So if somebody had homeschooled me, I would have been thrilled. <laughs> so those are some of the reasons that I, I've experienced or I've, I've heard from other parents. Great. Judy? Well, I think, um, obviously, in the midst of what's going on in our uh, society today, um, some folks found themselves suddenly having to homeschool because uh, schools have been closed across the country. So that's certainly a reason. Um, and I've talked to a number of people who have had children who've experienced medical issues where um, they needed to come home because they were going to have to undergo surgery or have extensive rehab for something. And then there are kids who are involved full-time in sports. And so perhaps they're um, performing on a more competitive level, whether it's sports or music. And so homeschooling is a perfect choice because they're on the road all the time. Um, lots of reasons to homeschool. I would love to add to that, that um, I think that when you think about what are good reasons to homeschool, there, are, there is at least one good reason not to homeschool. And I think sometimes the motivation can be, I want to have perfect children, or I want to have very safe, you know, that our children aren't exposed to anything evil. Um, that would not be a good reason to homeschool. <laughs> I think that um, there, there are many, many good reasons to homeschool, but just be careful not to fall into that trap of thinking that your schooling choice, whatever it is, is going to make your child who they are. Um, I think that I, I taught before, I taught at a traditional school before I had children and never ever thought I would homeschool. I couldn't even fathom why people would. Um, so it was a, quite a turnaround for us to choose to homeschool when my daughter was young. 
But I would, I wanted to say there are two things that I love about homeschooling and they both start with F. So flexibility would be the number one thing that you have the flexibility to do what you need to do. So when Judy was talking about, if you have a child who's very good in a competitive sense with athletics or acting or music, it allows you time to explore those and not miss out on school. Um, if you have a child with medical issues or just learning challenges, it gives you more flexibility. If you find yourself taking care of parents or having other issues, you have the flexibility to do that. And then the other thing is focus, that you're able to focus on things that you might not be able to focus on in a traditional classroom. So if I have a child who's very gifted, I can keep pushing. If I have a child that needs extra help, I can focus on what they need extra help. They're not stuck in a cookie cutter situation. So I have loved, even when we talk about vacation or travel or anything, homeschooling gives us the flexibility to do all of that. Very good. Um, so then I, I was thinking about this next question and I thought, well, Amber, you're not going to be, you were a teacher before this. So this next question is about the fear of um, being good enough or um, smart enough or not having the credentials uh -huh. to um, be able to actually homeschool your children. How do you, you know, sort of talk to parents and let them know that, you know, it's okay for you to grow with your children? Yeah, I would say right off the bat that everyone is afraid. Okay, so I taught secondary ed. So guess what? I was convinced that I could not teach my daughter to read. I didn't know, I didn't have any elementary education experience. So I thought, how am I going to, I can, I'll handle them when they're high school, but I can't do it when they're in elementary. And you have elementary teachers, even if they did have experience in elementary. Oh, I don't know what to do with the teenager. And so I think fear is, it's one of those things that you, um, no matter your background, fear is normal. You're going to think that you can't do it. And I am not strong in math, but guess what? Now that I've been through elementary math five times, I'm actually getting the, I'm getting good at it. And then you have extra help. It's, it's, not, it's not all on you, right? I think we convince ourselves that it's all on us. I have to do everything and I have to do it perfectly and I have to have all the answers. And that's not true. Even a teacher in a classroom does not have all the answers. They don't know everything. I mean, you're not gonna know everything either, but you're gonna find the answers. And that's one of the beauties of learning to grow together and teaching your children how to find answers and how to look for knowledge. It's not that it's all on you. And when people ask me that question, I say to them, who taught your child how to tie their shoes? Yes. Who taught your child how to get dressed? Who taught your child how to feed themselves and make their bed? And you really are your child's best teacher. And like Amber said, um, for those subjects, I mean, math and I, that we oil and water. <laughs> um, it's a foreign language to me most of the time. Um, but there's help out there. There are so many resources. Unlike when I started homeschooling back in the dark ages, um, there weren't nearly the resources that there are now. And so she's right. You don't do this alone. Um, there, are, there are a lot of resources to help you fill in the gaps. Yeah, you know, and I definitely fell into that category of 
I'm not a teacher, how on earth could I teach my children, especially pulling them from a Christian school. And they had wonderful teachers there. And, and I thought they were the experts. So I, I should let the experts do it. But um, when it comes to your child, nobody, not even the best teacher out there, has as much of a vested interest in your child succeeding as you do. You care passionately about it. You will do what you have to do. You will change curriculums however many times you need to. Um, I don't know how many different math, like you talking about math. Math is not my thing either. But, you know, if you have to change curriculums because this curriculum works, but that one doesn't, you will do what you have to do. And the other thing is, you know, with, with this whole concern, I, I found myself learning along with my children. And they saw me sometimes, you know, oh, I didn't know this. You know, maybe I knew some of this, but I didn't know all of these details. And they saw I was interested in that. And that kind of helps them develop that, oh, wow, learning is fun. And, and learning is not just like 12 years or whatever. Mom's still doing it, you know? She, and as long as you can at least stay a little ahead of your kids or learn along with them, you'll be fine. You know, you, you can read that textbook a day ahead of them. You know that much more than they do at this point in time. You can teach it to them. You know, I love, I love the thought too that what is the actual goal of education? What's the goal of teaching? What's the goal of learning? And so if you have a child, if you've, if you've taught your child to read and you've taught your child to communicate verbally and in writing, um, the information will come. They will get the information they need to, but if you've taught them to read and to communicate and to think, those are the skills that they need going forward in life. And the information, they'll, they'll obviously there's information we have to teach them along the way, but that, that's not the ultimate goal, isn't just the impartation of information. It's, it's teaching them these skills that are going to set them up to be successful wherever they end up in life. Yeah. and how to learn. If, yeah. if you can teach them to enjoy learning, learning yeah. is fun, learning is exciting, but yeah. also give them the tools how to do it. Yeah. I mean, no school even can teach them everything in 12 years. They're not, yeah. gonna, they're not gonna get everything in 12 years. Learning is a lifelong experience. And if they see me learning with them, they understand that. It doesn't just stop when you graduate from high school. Those are all very good points. It's like we always say that we want to um, foster your uh, uh, your child's natural curiosities with books, and hopefully, be you know, develop a love of learning. So that's really the goal when we think about sunlight and think about even homeschooling in general. Is you want to set them up to continue to learn throughout life. So homeschool, well, is it hard? Is it a lot of work? Is it fun? You know, when you think about school, um, at least I have someone who's school, you know, but how can you make it so it's not like that? Well, I think it can be hard. I mean, there are some days where it's just kind of drudgery. The kids are in a bad mood, you know, you're like, where's that school bus? And so there are days like that. I mean, you know, it's not all roses and rainbows all the time. But, you know, I, I think overall, it's such a satisfying journey. And, you know, my favorite part of homeschooling, I love reading. And so reading aloud to my children was was one of the most fun things for me. And they enjoyed that to the point that even in high school, when, you know, sunlight is written for them to do independently, I had a couple of my kids ask me if I'd still read aloud to them because they missed it. So that part is fun. And of course, in homeschooling, it, it's like your whole life 
is school. You know, you can do field trips together, you know, okay, we just learned about this in, in American history, you know, like Amber, you live in Virginia, and wow, all the history places you can go, you know, and, and we have like a, a Civil War battlefield near us, you know, also, and so you learn about it, let's go, let's go visit this place. And, and so that just can bring it to life. And you have these opportunities that maybe they don't have in, in school, because, you know, they have their their program and they have so many kids and and they can't be as spontaneous the flexibility that amber was talking about i think and i would say too if you commit to homeschooling it needs to be a commitment it is a commitment so i have friends who say oh, i could never homeschool and i think well i don't know that i could ever have this full-time job and still come home and help my kids with their homework and do okay so so there are trade-offs whatever you decide to do is a trade-off so for our family, I say, okay, well, this is my job right now. This is my job. My job is to homeschool. So I don't take as many phone calls during my homeschool hours. I don't, you know, I try really hard to be focused on this is my time to do school and um, try to be undistracted with that. It is a commitment. It is not all fun and games, but neither is marriage, neither is parenting. <laughs> there are many things that are worthwhile that are work in their commitment. That doesn't mean there aren't joys. Of course, there are joys. But I would say probably my biggest joys have come now that some of my kids are leaving home and coming back to me and saying, oh, wow, thank you. Thank you for this and for this and for setting me up for success in this area. And I listen to my friends talk and I think, wow, okay, I'm, I'm really grateful for the skill set that I have because of the way we chose to do school. So, um, Yes, it's work. Yes, there are joys. And to answer your question, can it be fun? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, some of our best memories as a family centered around things we did because we were homeschooling. We took those field trips to those um, historical um, monuments and living history places and um, even just sitting on the couch together and reading books and laughing together and, and um, having phenomenal discussions with teenagers late at night sitting on my bed and uh, so many things that made it fun and memorable that yes, I, I agree with Amber, it's, it's um, hard, just like anything else is, but there are definite trade-offs. Yeah. And you know what? Oh, I was to add to that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Karen. I was going to say, you had, you had mentioned this already, but I just love it. And I can't, I can't overstate it enough. The reading aloud, um, even now, I read aloud often during meals, during lunch or breakfast. And my older kids will sit and stay listening to the same book they've heard a couple times already, maybe. But even the conversations that we have, so many, so many common memories now, even that we can just share and talk about, it's really, really a blessing. The other thing that I really like um, that makes homeschooling fun is doing it with other homeschoolers. Um, if there's other homeschoolers, you know, or co-ops or whatever, and getting together with them and doing field trips or, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes I've, I've done little writing classes with, you know, a small group of homeschool kids or whatever. And so that's one thing that I think makes it a little more fun because 
you're you're seeing other moms who are who are in the trenches with you and the kids are you know having that opportunity to do things with other kids their own age and whatnot and there are so many ways i mean yeah you can solo it completely 100 percent, but it's always it just brings so much more um joy if you're walking that journey with other people and nowadays there are so many people who homeschool you know there are homeschool groups all over the place co-ops and and whatever and finding those people and connecting i think homeschoolers are some of the most um they love to you know if, if you need advice on how to do things or advice on curriculum or or anything like that homeschoolers will way go out of their way to to help you out and and talk you through things and, and whatnot. So, so that is definitely a huge resource to make sure you find other people to connect with while you're homeschooling. Yeah, we do have, speaking of connection, we have um, Sunlight Connections, which is a Facebook group. So it's facebook.com slash group slash Sunlight Connections. Um, or you could just go to sunlight.com slash connections and um, you can learn about the groups we have. We have, I mean, it, I think that is something that every homeschool mom um, or parent sort of needs uh, is a, a, a community. So that is, that is definitely out there. And I, we encourage you to seek that community. So the next question is, I'm a horrible math, science, whatever you want to fill in there, student. I was horrible at that. How do I make sure that I can teach my children or how do I approach that teaching my children math? If I, it's like, I hear Judy say this. She said this before. Yeah, math is like oil and water, right? Like, it's just not me. Um, science, not me. How does that work? How do you suggest... Um, maybe making that work for your family? Yeah, I, I'll, I can jump in. Uh, first of all, it's not all on you. You have curriculum. You get help choosing a good curriculum, and you lean on the curriculum. The curriculum helps you. It guides you, and you learn along with it. Most parents who choose to homeschool are going to be fine with math and science through the elementary years. And then when you get to high school, if you need extra help, there is so much help available that it's almost overwhelming. So you, um, again, you're not the Lone Ranger. You're not doing this on your own. You have help, you have people. It's not as scary as we try to pretend it is and talk ourselves out of it. And, and again, even, even the best teachers rely on curriculum and rely on extra stuff to help their students learn. So that's my short answer for that. <laughs> and co-ops, like Karen yeah. mentioned, are a wonderful resource um, where you can get together with other homeschooling families and maybe this mom over here has a background in science and maybe this mom has a background in math. And, and if you can't find a co-op, start a co-op. That's what I ended up doing. Um, we live in a rural community and while I knew a number of homeschooling families, there was nothing formal going on. And so I picked up my phone and did a little footwork and said, hey, if I was to organize this, would you guys be willing to participate? And we had a wonderful group of kids and shared some of those responsibilities so that we all felt more comfortable in those subjects that we didn't feel comfortable with. Yes. Well, and, you know, when my kids hit biology, we were so blessed in our co-op 
uh, vet was teaching biology there and she's so much more qualified than I am. So that was really good. And when my kids were younger, my husband would do science with them on the weekends because he really liked science, especially the experiments. He had a kick out of those. And so that was a way for him to kind of be involved in the homeschool and took a little bit of that burden off of me. I mean, I could have handled the elementary science, but because he enjoyed it, I think he kind of passed that on to the kids. And, you know, as far as the math goes, I think that was probably my biggest fear because my son was seventh grade when I started. I knew we were going to be hitting math, you know, algebra and all that. I was not really good at it. So I was extremely concerned about that. We were very fortunate to find um, some video curriculum. So you have a teacher teaching them. And um, so, so that, you know, was available to teach him those levels. But I also found as, you know, as Amber said earlier, after teaching my kids the lower levels of math, you know, I, I mean, after going through, you know, Singapore math with so many kids, I finally figured out how to do word problems, you know? So, so I mean, I was actually able to help my kids farther along than I thought I would be able to because I was kind of learning with them again. Um, but, but when they, you know, when they did get up into, you know, some of the algebra and stuff, you know, it was better for them to have somebody that knew what they were doing. So, but as Amber said, there's so many resources out there that are available. I mean, it, it, it can be overwhelming, but you, you don't have to worry about, this is all on me. I, I have to know everything. So, you know, there, there are lots of options out there. It's true. Let's talk about uh, some of the curriculum options. So a lot of people, the next question they would have would be, how do I pick a curriculum? How does that work? That's um, probably the most common question that we get. I think people's walk into a, an exhibit hall at a, at a convention and their eyes kind of glaze over like the deer in the headlights kind of thing, because there are so many options available. But it's really helpful if you can think about um, categories or types of curriculum. So there, there is out there many traditional workbook, textbook approaches to um, education, much like what we would have experienced in school ourselves. And so um, those are familiar for a lot of people and people are comfortable with those. So you have that option. Um, and then there are unit study curriculum uh, where it, it is just what it says. There is a topic and you build a unit around it. And so if your topic is baseball, you read biographies about famous baseball players and you do math, you figure out percentages and scores. And um, so there are a number of curriculum programs out there that are unit study based. Um, there's literature based curriculum, which we're very familiar with because Sunlight is the original literature based curriculum. And that is a curriculum that bases much of learning on good literature as opposed to textbooks because it gives context and it gives um, interest and motivation in learning. Um, and then you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum and there are some curriculum programs that would consider themselves to be unschooling. And so those are based on a student's interest. Um, you might hear the term delight directed learning bounced around where 
you learn your child and what interests them and you you follow that path and let the child's interest determine um, what you're learning. So lots and lots of um, curriculum choices out there. And really, as you begin to make that choice, you need to figure out two things. Number one, you need to figure out what kind of learners you have for children. What do you know about your kids? What interests them? What excites them? What absolutely bores them or makes them um, come to tears? And you need to think about you yourself as a teacher. Um, what are you comfortable teaching and what can you just not even handle teaching? So if you kind of keep those things in mind, it makes that big curriculum decision become much more manageable. I remember when I made the decision to pull my kids out of Christian school, um, you know, I, I was exactly like Judy described, to totally overwhelmed. You know, my kids, the uh, curriculum they used was a textbook workbook, which is also available type, it's a type of curriculum, it's also available for homeschoolers. So that would have been an option for me. Um, and, and like Judy said, you kind of need to know yourself that really intimidated me and that really was like this is kind of i don't know boring <laughs> you know? i'm like do i really want to do this like every day like for years using this and so stumbling on sunlight was was pretty amazing because i had never heard of anything like that it's like this is really school and but i realized this is how I learn myself. You know, I had, I had had history classes in high school, but it was when I started working at a library and discovered the 900s, which is the history section, where there are books that are written about a subject and they're interesting and they're, you know, engaging and they're in depth. It's a lot more than the paragraph or two you get in the textbook. And so um, I realized that's how I learn. I love learning that way oh my gosh, I can read books to my kids and teach them this way. So that was, that was very exciting discovery for, and, and once I found sunlight, it was like, this is it. That's, I'm, I'm not even looking at the other stuff. Um, and, and over the years I did learn about like unit studies and some of these other things, um, you know, from some of my friends, but um, I'm, I'm very thankful we stumbled on sunlight first because that one stuck and it's like, yep, this is, and, and apparently my kids enjoyed it too, because you know, they, they didn't consider reading books together to be part of school. They, they just thought that was our reading time. So yeah. I would, I would add too that the literature piece, obviously huge, having these books to read and they're so wonderful and it, it provides such depth and context to everything you're learning. The other side of the coin is cost. So that was one thing that really sold us on sunlight was I can buy these books and I can use them again and again and again. I'm not throwing out all of my consumables at the end of every year and having to replace them all for the next child or the next year. So pretty much what I have. So I spent, you know, a few hundred dollars on my first child and every child it's been less and less where I can do my, I've schooled my last few children with for a couple hundred dollars easily, nothing more than that. So, and that would include a lot of extras that we would spend. So I'm, it, it's an economical approach and I also love for those who are really thinking about that, the, the cost of it. Um, sunlight, you can try for free. You can try for six months. If it doesn't work, you can send it back. And of course, on the website and with other, you can find out all the details of that. But it's, it's the, the lifetime guarantee, the love of learning guarantee that they give to you that says, look, it, try this. 
return it if you don't like it. So you, you can't lose on this style. Um, and like Karen said, I unit studies, that would transforming my house into a medieval castle or something that, that just really intimidates me. But sitting down with these books, wow. One of my strongest memories from my firstborn, we were in US history and studying about Eli Whitney, who was bold print in a couple sentences in my history textbook as a child. And with my oldest, we read an entire book about Eli Whitney, who became this living, breathing human being who did so much more than come up with the cotton gin, which I found out meant engine, cotton engine. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like I just didn't. Anyway, so um, he's, he's a real life person to us. He's not a bold print in a textbook. And that, to me, is what Sunlight has done for all of us. It, it has brought history to life in a way that I can't imagine it. And it goes across curriculum. And, and it's, it's, it's just adds this depth and breadth that um, you, you don't even have to study study because you just learn it as, as though you're getting to know a person. Because you do it so in depth, yeah. the, the discussions I got into with my kids were, were just amazing. You know, because you're reading about people or characters or events or whatever. And because it's more than just a couple lines in a textbook or a paragraph or whatever, you get, like you said, you get more of that depth. And, and it just led to some amazing discussions with my kids about these events or people or whatever. And that to me, I, I think is the, the thing that I cherish the most about homeschooling was having those conversations with my children. I was going to say Amber alluded to our love to learn guarantee. Well, you also, you know, you think about how you, you go to buy a new car and you get on the car lot and you look around and think, oh, where do I even begin? And they let you take the car out for a test drive. Well, you can also do that with Sunlight's curriculum. You can actually um, go to the page on our website that where you learn about trying Sunlight for free and request that we send you one of the books from our curriculum along with a schedule that goes with it. And you get to try literature-based learning in your house before you make any financial commitment um, with your kids, with your family. And then you will know for sure when you finally place that order that, yeah, this is a good choice because we've already tried it. Judy, that website is sunlight.com slash free. So it's super easy to remember. You can yes, go there and and try it. And speaking, let's talk a little bit, Judy, if you could, about the love to learn guarantee. Sure. That is extended beyond just trying. Yes, absolutely. So when you place your order, when you actually um, hit the purchase button, that starts the clock on your year for trying sunlight for free. And so you have a year from that purchase date to try half of the year's program. So there's 36 scheduled weeks of school, you get to try through week 18 in that year's time. You can read the books, you can write in the workbooks, you can make notes in your instructor's guide, you can dog ear the pages to keep your place. And if you get to the end of that 18 weeks and think, you know, this is wonderful, but it's just not for us, then you put it back in the box and you ship it back to us at Sunlight and we will give you back 100% of your purchase price. And I'm fairly certain that I'm not exaggerating when I say there is no other curriculum company that offers that significant of a guarantee. 
it's 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 definitely a game changer if you're looking to try things Mm -hmm. but these ladies would tell you you'll love it (laughs) guaranteed (laughs) all right let's talk about um a checklist let's let's give people actionable things that they can do um to get ready uh to homeschool let's start with maybe a schoolroom. is it necessary is it required what do you need well, we kind of migrated around our house. <laughs> we, we never had a dedicated school room. Um, in the early years, we used the dining room. You know, I, I had a little bookcase there for the books and one of those carts with drawers in it to put supplies and whatnot. And, and we just, you know, we would do all of our table stuff in there. And when it was time to read the books, we'd just go in the living room on the couch and cuddle up together and read. And later on, uh, we ended up migrating down to the family room. We were in a different house and it was just set up differently. So, I mean, some people like to have a school room and, and it's nice to have it all set up that way, but you certainly don't need one. Right, I would say it's, it's, not, it's not absolutely necessary. I think depending on the number of children you have, it can be handy to have a room that's dedicated so you can have some in the room doing math, others at the table, maybe some in the living room, right? So having a just dedicated room isn't a necessity. It's not a game changer. It's not a make or break. I do think it's helpful if you have a place to keep the books, have a, yeah. have a dedicated place to keep the books, to keep your instructor's guide, that sort of thing, and any supplies you might need. Um, in the house I'm in right now, I bought a cupboard with doors and drawers so that you don't see the mess all the time, <laughs> but it's a dedicated spot I can put all the school stuff in there and close it up when I need to. Um, but I, I no, don't not homeschool because you don't have a room. Most of us end up doing school at the dining room table and on the living room couch. That is the truth. <laughs> or my bookcases. kids would do it in their bedrooms. Yes. Oh yeah, bookcases, yes. lots of bookcases. bookcases. You yeah. gotta have bookcases for a literature-based yeah. curriculum. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, my kids yeah. would frequently take their, you know, like as they got older, and, and they were a little more independent, you know, they may go up to the room and, and work, you know, on stuff if they wanted to. So, I mean, we were all over the house. Sometimes they were outside reading or whatever. Stephanie, I've tried really hard to have a central location for a computer. So I don't like the idea of my kids going off to all rooms of the house with a computer. So we've tried to keep a computer, the ones that can be online, um, visible. So yeah, maybe ours in a more, too. And, and one of the things I, I think sometimes it's maybe for people who are more Joanna Gaines sort of people. Um, it's hard to, to know that people walk into your house and can see school. Well, that's who we are right now. This stage of our life, we homeschool. And if there are maps on my table, that's why. And it's okay. Um, there will be years when my kids are not at home anymore that I can pretend I'm Joanna Gaines. But for now, <laughs> I homeschool. And so it's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but if, for some people that just would drive them nuts. So you have to do what works for you, but, um, a place for the books, a place for the stuff and don't apologize that you actually homeschool. It's okay. What about supplies? What do people need? Okay. I would say for sure, for sure. Um, I have needed a copier, a printer copier. Um, I don't think I could live without a copier. I don't think I could live without a whiteboard. 
I have, a, I like whiteboards way better than chalkboard, but we go to the whiteboard a lot, even if it's for my little ones to write their spelling words on, that's so much more fun for them than writing on the paper. Um, and I also love a little portable whiteboard, you know, those little ones, and I'll just grab that out and we'll use it at the desk or, or at the table. So I love having a big whiteboard, little whiteboard. Um, I don't want to jump in on everybody else, but maps, maps, yes. Sunlight's markable map, two of them. <laughs> one turned to the US side, one turned to the, to the uh, continents, uh, the whole world. Um, yeah. A globe and then regular maps. I, I love that and have a room for a long time. And I would like to get back to this. We had a US map and a world map on our table covered with a clear tablecloth. And that was huge at meal times. We would talk about different things we'd learned or people and it's just a constant, um, you're constantly thinking about geography. I, I love that, just that immersion. Yeah, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually got the small whiteboards, yes. one for each of my kids. Yes. So they, you know, and, and got them those little erasers. And yes. so of course the markers for the whiteboards, you'll need yes. lots of those. And, and those are good stocking stuffers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got the colors. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you if you have small kids, you know crayons or colored pencils, things like that. Um, you know, my kids used to when they were young, they liked to color while I read aloud. Yeah. That's where the the copier came in in yeah. handy because I could find free printable coloring sheets and print them off, and then they could color while I read aloud. Um, yeah. Just seemed to help them listen better if they had something to do. So if you're going to homeschool with toddlers in your house, you need a, a bin or a box or a bucket or whatever of homeschooling supplies for your toddler, whether it's uh, blocks or those big fat markers, which is what made me think of it, Karen, when you mentioned markers, oh, yeah. um, or those big fat crayons or coloring books. And that becomes the toddler's box of school things. And they're only allowed in there when older siblings are doing school. And for fun, you can sometimes switch stuff in and out of there so that they're surprised when they open yeah. their school box the next day. But that's, that was a lifesaver for me when I was homeschooling with toddlers in the house. Yes. Yeah. That's the truth. That, that's so good, Judy. And, and even we would have our littlest, in a, in, even in a high chair, while I'm reading science or something to the kids at the table, and he or she would be sitting there play with Play-Doh at their tray or sewing those buttons together, you know, or, mm -hmm. or the flannel graph things that they yeah. can play with. It's, it's so great to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the Melissa and Doug toys. Yeah. Um, I, I only had one preschooler when I was homeschooling since my kids yeah. were older, but yeah, those, those definitely helped out a lot. Yeah. I would say another organizational thing um, is if you choose to go with sunlight, really good idea to invest in lots of bins and <laughs> to mark your curriculum and to store it in bins and mark the bins. It, when I am religious about that and keep up with it, it makes my life so much easier from year to year. I just take the curriculum out, stick it in the bin, pull the new one out. It's, it's very, very, very helpful. I just bought more bookshelves. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Sunlight has those wonderful colored labels for yeah. each each mm -hmm. level of Sunlight has a different color label. Yes. And so even if you end up with, like Karen, 10 or 12 bookshelves, 
Um, as long as you keep them organized by color, you can yeah. step up to that bookshelf and know exactly where you're pulling materials from. Yes, very yeah. helpful. Mm -hmm. What about a schedule? How do people structure their day? Well, I think if you're using sunlight, their instructor guide is, is extremely helpful. This, mm -hmm. uh, that was probably the final selling point for me. The books drew me in and got my interest and, and, and made me think, okay, maybe I could do this homeschooling thing. But when I saw their instructor guide, where it lays everything out and it tells me what to do every day. I thought, okay, I can do this. And that's, that's always a good, good starting place. Now, how you structure your day can just, that's the wonderful thing about homeschooling. You can be flexible. You know, we would sometimes do Bible reading at lunchtime or listen to the um, CD for the memory work in the car, like for driving somewhere. Sometimes read alouds were um, bedtime. You know, I mean, we, we just did it however it worked and it, and it changed over the years, you know, it, whatever worked for our family at that particular time. So, you know, when the kids were young and, and I needed to keep them a little more structured, you know, we would start at 8 a.m. and we would do like all of the table work, you know, the language arts and the handwriting and the math and, and things like that. And then in the afternoon when, when my preschooler was napping, we would do our history together. We would read on the couch and, and do that. So, and then, you know, it changed over the years as we added the younger one in and, and whatnot. So, you know, find, figuring out what you need to do is already in the instructor guide and how you do it can, can be fit around your family schedule or, or whatever works for you. Um, I was going to say too, it's, it can be, depending on how many children you have, it can be rather complicated to figure out. I would encourage people to use a schedule I have friends who um, don't like any kind of schedule because they feel like a failure from the get-go. But I have found that a schedule allows me flexibility when I need it, but it also gives me confidence that I'm actually covering the material that I need to cover. And I would love to just make this point that almost every year my schedule has changed slightly. And there have been years where I've thought, I do not know how I'm going to do this with these four children. Do you know taking time to actually ask God for help, which I am not saying this is a cliche. I mean it very sincerely. We frantically will read blog posts and talk to people and try to figure out how am I ever going to do this and maybe not ever take the time to sit down and ask God for wisdom and help and how to order my day. And James promises us that if we ask for wisdom, God will give it. It's an absolute promise. So why don't we? So God, I don't know how to structure my day. Please give me wisdom. What should my year look like this year? Um, even curriculum choices, God, help me to know. Help me to know how to keep my toddler busy. Will you please give me wisdom? So I think if I could encourage moms who might be watching this right now, that that's, that's a huge thing to really sincerely ask God for wisdom and then look for him to show up through other people or through maybe a blog post, but seek his wisdom. Another thing, just really quickly, um, way back at the beginning, you asked, how do I make this curriculum choice? I love Sunlight's list of, don't, don't use Sunlight for these reasons. <laughs> um, do use it for these reasons. I think we still have that, right, on our website or someplace. And I, I would encourage people to go there. Um, Karen and I are not doing this because we make big bucks to promote sunlight. We are just moms who happen to love sunlight. We've used it successfully and love it. 
And I would say that way back at the beginning of my journey, those reasons really resonated with me. So I would encourage others to look at that too. Very good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope this has been beneficial for all of you. It was very beneficial for me. So thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.